0: Hello passionate listeners, welcome to Passion Harvest where we aim to inspire you to live a passionate life. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador and thank you for making me a part of whatever you're doing now and if you like this episode, please subscribe. As usual, I've got an incredible guest on the show, his name is David Manning. I had an energy healing or treatment with him I think a week ago now and it was Quite remarkable. David is a multi-dimensional energy worker and guide, and he offers online teleconferences that are meditations and energy work at personal and personal and planetary levels. His awakening journey began back in the 80s, studying and working at London's College of Psychic Studies for many years. David has worked through many layers of the human condition and his own field and facilitates deep transformation for others. This is his story. And this is his passion, David. Welcome to Passion Harvest.
1: Thank you, Louisa. It's lovely to uh, lovely to be here. Lovely to connect with you and your and your audience. So thank you. Yes. Yeah,
0: so well, well, thank you very much for being here. Um, I guess I always, you know, the personal stories, you know, where you are today is so different. But you know, people relate to such a personal story. So I always like to start with a bit of background and in in a in a couple of paragraphs of how you got to. Where you are today, and what were the what, what were the major major um, experiences, good or bad, that tra- transformed you to be the person that you are today?
1: So, um,
0: and that might be really hard. I'm sorry to do this to you because there might be a lot. Into a
1: couple of paragraphs, there there is a lot, but I think there's a lot for. We don't have a
0: time frame here at Passion Harvest, but
1: cool. Whatever um, you feel
0: comfortable with talking about. So, as
1: a child, I was very multi-dimensional in that I was there was always a voice in the center of my head that was that just chattered away and that was that was guidance Um, and it sort of kept me company and then there came a a point when it was leaving my childhood was was a bit of a mess I had two you know addicted parents Um, there was a lot of sexual abuse not from the immediate family from um further out in the family sexual abuse and and rape as a child i was traumatized obviously by that and and literally out of my body from that experience and also the fact that there was no real holding for a, a sensitive child by his parents who were very absorbed in their own their own issues. There's a lot of violence between my parents. So it was, it was a big shock coming here, I guess. And um, I became an addict myself very, very early. So by the age of seven, I was using solvents as, a, as an addiction and Gosh. that progressed quite quickly. Um, so addiction was a big, big part of my life. Drugs, alcohol, and sex were the primary ones because I had been introduced and trained into sex at a very early age um so sex was love sex was was food in a sense um and i worked with those you know i immersed myself in those addictions i gave myself quite thoroughly to that path for a while um and it's a harsh path of awakening that one <laughs> it really strips you down um and it, at the same time in my 20s there was this awakening that voice came back um and i couldn't Really accept. I was so angry deep inside. I couldn't accept the beauty and the uh, the lovely things I was being shown. I couldn't accept them for me. I could accept them for other people, and I would work with other people. But I couldn't accept them for myself. Um, and I didn't want to give up my addictions. And I knew this voice was, or the world this voice was showing me. I knew that it wanted all of me, and I wasn't in any way ready to give all of me so it was a big struggle until I had cancer Um, back in 2001 2002 I'd stopped alcohol and drugs uh, completely the year before completely and um, and then had liver cancer (laughs) Um, and that was that was the most beautiful beautiful experience in a sense it was it was it was a real choice point and the guidance was "Look, you've been living as if you wanted to die. You're about to get that choice met. Is it really what you want? And it was like, Oh, you know, it had never been put to me in that way. And, uh, I was told, you know, it's your life, do what you want with it. It doesn't matter whether you live or die. It doesn't matter whether you're in the body or out of the body, because you'll be doing the same work anyway. So just make your mind up. And, uh, so I chose to live, um, and then the cancer was gone, you know, miraculously. And uh, and I had a lot of work to do from that stage. I thought, oh, you know, healed a cancer, things will be amazing. It'll all sort itself out now. And of course, what was there, what was left was the shit I had avoided for for all of my life. And I had to start working, really working through that. So it was a, a long period of, of very uh, dense, dark Um, recovery work through, you know, the abuse and sexual addiction and all of the addictions and just unwinding all of that stuff. And all the time, there was this amazing, deep, beautiful, multidimensional contact too, that I realized in hindsight, I had wrapped myself in a field of addiction, which is basically saying, fuck you to life, um, as a way of avoiding that. Because ultimately that was what i was angry with was the um i felt abandoned by god the universe you know that mm. sort of thing and i think that's a an archetypal pattern for many of us that we have to work through that we feel that deep sense of abandonment and separation um and we have to heal that within ourselves because ultimately it is always us that has turned our back on it rather than the other way around but we love to play the victim role on this planet so um you have to work through that, and then come out the other side. And um, the work is ongoing; it never seems to stop. But it it it's different. It changes. Uh, it changes tack. And I, I remember there being sort of corners turned and i thought okay it's never going to be as dense and as dark as it has been and there were shifts made along the way and now i look back and i think well what a what a crazy crazy life and i can't it's difficult almost to relate to who i was and the choices i would make now um because they're made from from places of pain and um resistance that I no longer have you know that is no longer a part of me but having worked through a a lot of these different things it gives me a lot of insight into the human condition and I know from the depths of distress and um darkness that I have explored that it doesn't it really doesn't matter what you have done or where you have been or how bad you think you are it really doesn't, you know, if you want a full experience of your multidimensionality and your deep interconnectedness with all of life, then it's totally available to you. Life doesn't judge us at all. Um, the universe doesn't hold any of our actions against us. It is only us that does that for ourselves. And and that's, I can stand in front of anybody regardless of their experience and, and hold that truth for them. Um, and reflect it back to them because i know that that's a fact for me you know for for us all so uh, so there that's, yes, that's more that than was, a couple was, of paragraphs you know
0: i have to say thank you for you know such openness and honesty sharing sharing that i i mean i haven't experienced it myself i can't imagine um sexual abuse how one can ever get over something like that it's it,
1: there are still times when little pockets of undiscovered pain emerge. And, you know, what used to take me two weeks to work through now works through in seconds because there's a lot of energy. And there isn't the drama in my field, the fear or the rage or the hurt. So nothing is dramatized anymore. It's just like, oh, let's include that too. Let's welcome that back home. Um, And anything, you know, we are extraordinary in shh. I'm very sorry.
0: <laughs> Is it someone interesting?
1: Um, I don't know how to turn that off.
0: Oh, that's uh, okay. We like a bit of music here at Passion Harvest.
1: <laughs> Normally there's a decline thing and it's not, that's okay. it's not showing up. Um, it'll stop in a minute.
0: That's okay.
1: um So I can't remember where I was. Now. <laughs> um <laughs>
0: So, so with moving through the, the layers, sexual, I guess. Yes. Yeah, sorry. and
1: the sexual abuse stuff. It's we are so extraordinarily multidimensional, and we we have no beginning and have no end. So the choice to allow ourselves to be encapsulated by the thin veneer of wounding or conditioning we experience in any given lifetime is it's sort of part of the human experience. But once you recognise, actually, we're so much more and so we have so much more depth and vastness than any identification with any pattern of wounding whether it's happened in this or another lifetime then it all starts to fall apart and the Mm -hmm. decision because it has to then be a decision to be contained by that wounding to be controlled and limited by that wounding or that conditioning Um, is a choice to give your power away, uh, and we have to be very cognizant of those choices. Now, you know, because there is always the opportunity to let go of that choice or to choose differently. Doesn't mean that we avoid pain. Pain is sort of a given on this planet. Difficult, challenging things happen all the time. People die. We lose our jobs. You know earthquakes happen, diseases happen. The
0: humanness, the whole human experience. Yeah.
1: But suffering is a choice. I think how we deal with the difficult, painful challenges of life. Um, Well, suffering, we can choose to suffer, which means in effect, you wrap yourself in the pain and you dramatize the pain and you make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you piss everybody off around you because everybody can feel the energy of somebody that's dramatizing their pain. Um, So that is always a choice. And now there are so many tools um, available to us in a way that we haven't had before, you know, Mm. Um, since the sixties, I guess, you know, the psychotherapeutic movement and emotional understanding has massively amplified on this planet and become hugely available. So, I was born in 1963. My generation a sort of the first generation to really have all of those tools available. My parents not so much you know it was it was different for them
0: um, mm. so there must have been a lot of forgiveness I, i'm assuming there'd have to be a great deal of forgiveness towards your parents and um, you're a abuser, and I really would like to move on from this, but I do have a lot of. Well, it's Question. interesting
1: because there's a, it's a big pattern for this planet. You know, yes. the use of children in sexual um, rituals and stuff. This is—it's the tip of a huge dark. It's the darkest aspect of the human condition, I think. Um, and not just human; there are other forces at work with this. So it's a—I understand again that, you know, my experience was tiny, tiny. It was horrible, difficult for a very young child. Um, but it again gives me a glimpse and insight into just what happens when an adult forces their sexual energy into the child, into the body of a young child. It's a huge, overwhelming impact. that sort of blows energetic fuses and um, alters the internal landscape of the child forever, in a Mm. sense. The beauty of it is, innocence is never lost it might feel as if it has been but it can always be regained because innocence is is what we are underneath all of the conditioning um there is a level of pure and this is the weird thing i would be in some of the darkest situations stuffed up to the gills with drugs you know all sorts of things and I was always aware of this purity underneath all that I was doing, all that I was engaging in, that couldn't quite be touched, that would watch what I was doing with complete equanimity in a sense, and always and I think in a sense, I was trying to extinguish that in me, and it's not it's it's not extinguishable, it really mm. isn't it's that's the beauty of the human spirit or the eternal spirit, because I don't think it's so much human. It's the eternal spirit that we all have within us, you know?
0: So are you of the, of, of the belief that, um, we, we, we choose our experiences when we come into this physical form.
1: I think the choosing happens before we come into physical form. So I think a lot of the, the ground plan is laid out
0: prior. um,
1: I, I think, yeah, yeah, I really do. And, um, I know that I didn't need to delve as deeply into addiction as I did. So I was having my first alcoholic blackout at the age of 15 um, and I knew exactly, I woke up one morning and there was just a big black hole where the night before should have been. And I knew exactly what that was because my father, the same thing would happen to my father. Um, And in that moment, as I lay there in bed, terrified. Again, it was a very clear bit of guidance. I heard a voice. <laughs> We've
0: got a lot of messages coming here today. <laughs> Someone wants to um, talk to you.
1: Apologies again it's fine.
0: for this. Um, so as I heard that voice. Uh, I haven't heard a home line in many years, actually.
1: <laughs> I don't know anyone who has a home
0: line, so congratulations. <laughs>
1: I don't even know what the number is, so well done for getting hold of it. Um, I was lying in bed and I heard this voice and it said, you should never, ever touch alcohol. And I knew in every cell of my body the truth of that voice, but I made a split second decision that I was going to ignore that because my belief as a 15 year old was that if I didn't use alcohol, I wouldn't have a social life. Mm -hmm. And that was more important to me at that stage. And I often look back and think, how would my life had been have been if I had followed that guidance? Then it would have been a very different unfolding, a very different path. I think I would have ended up doing the same thing, um, but I would have encountered much less difficulty, and much less conflict, and much less pain um, to get here. And so, that's the that's the choice, in a sense, you know, to. To follow what we know to be right and true or to say, fuck you, I'm doing it my way. And I was always say that. And my way always involved pain and conflict and resistance. Um, and I was always shown easier, softer ways by guidance. or guidance always said, no, come this way, try this. And I would always be, no, I'm doing it my way. I know. you." Know, I think I know many that. of us are
0: very and, guilty of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. and And, and so that 's the path of surrender we learn from our um, repeated obstinacy um, and arrogance that actually perhaps it doesn 't have to be quite so uh, painful and there is an easier, softer way always you know and um and it was cancer it took cancer then to bring me to my knees in in a sense to for a, a very deep level of surrender to life because I was resisting life and I said yes to life, and that meant that much more of my life force could stay present in my body to heal a cancer and to get me onto the right track for my for my life, as it were, as opposed to what I had been doing before, which was always resisting and avoiding.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to ask you about the voice that you've heard since you're a young child. Um- do you actually, he- people, you know, um, communicate in different ways, but do you hear it in your head or is it a knowing or just a sensing?
1: Now it's, I mean, sometimes there is you know, direct audible guidance. It isn't usually that. It's normally, it, I always describe there's a place in the center of my head where hearing, knowing, sensing, seeing have all amalgamated into a, an all-encompassing awareness that i couldn't quite describe and it's for me it's it's a shift in consciousness so i can focus into everyday reality and and be like everybody else's awareness i guess um but there's a tiny little shift in awareness that would be sort of half a degree over here uh and when i'm describing it it's always a a shift to the
0: and you can do this at will
1: yeah, it just happens as soon as I start to focus on something.
0: Sorry like, to interrupt you. And now I'm interested because I really want to try this. <laughs> and it just, it just, but it, you know, I've spent
1: many years practicing yeah. with this. And also as a child, I had this full on multidimensional wits. So I would close my eyes and there was another world going on mm. behind my eyes. I would have uncontrollable out-of-body experiences when I would go to bed and these would terrify terrifying. So i'm set up my energy field is set up to do the work i do um and to have a type of awareness that uh is specific for the for what i i am here to do and i have been made aware that i am here to do a specific piece of work um and i think many of us are here with that sort of remit now and And of course it deepens and changes as we move through our life um, and gain more and more experience but uh so we have all of the tools encoded within us that we need for the life we have come to live for Mm -hmm. the work we have come to do um and i think many of us now are here to help this extraordinary shift that the planet is undergoing um to be a part of that and from my perspective, a major aspect of that is frequency-based rather than activity-based. So it isn't so much the specifics of what we're here to do. um, It's more the frequencies we're here to ground because each one of us is a totally multidimensional field of frequencies. We have genetics in us from all over the universe, from many different star systems, probably many different universes. And each different set of genetics we have encodes a different set of frequencies so my set of frequencies would be very different than anybody else's on the planet because nobody has my human lineage nobody else has my starry lineage either in quite the mix that i
0: do we all have a unique coding
1: totally and that unique coding means that what we ground on the planet in terms of energetic frequency is unlike anybody else's and therefore it's a it's an integral part of the unfoldment of the whole it's nobody else can bring what you bring nobody else in existence can do that and so (laughs) the more each of us is willing to show up the more vibrant the possibilities become
0: so i mean so you are you doing the work that you or your purpose? Obviously, you know, you're not limit. You are not limitless, but at this point in time, you're doing the work that you have been brought here to do the energetic think, work that I you, think,
1: yeah. Yeah. It feels like, and it may expand blinded. and grow. And- yeah. I mean, I'm always encouraged to do more. And now with the, the state of the the planet and what we're undergoing at the moment, I have finally stepped up. So I'm now doing weekly teleconferences and my, Team have always said, oh, we would like you to be doing more because there's a huge team of beings work through my field.
0: And this conversation's getting getting more and more interesting. You haven't mentioned the team yet. I got the voice, but not the team.
1: <laughs> so, and from my perspective, that team is all of my multidimensionality in a sense. So it's all of the aspects of me that have come from other other versions of me, if you like. And I think so you can sense that. All. You yeah, yeah. there was it. a point back in 2015, where there was a definite, a huge field of energy connected in and integrated, and it was a vast field of energy. Now, I don't think I'm claiming anything special for myself. I think we all are vast, um, but we are often disconnected from our vastness. We believe ourselves to be very, very limited and very small, insignificant, we're not we are universes <laughs> within universes um, and so all of those aspects connected and landed in a sense, so all of those frequencies play through here um, and uh, so when I work either with an individual, there's a lot of energy becomes present for that individual um. And when I work with a teleconference, then we invite huge fields of energy to join to join with us. So the, a field of energy has been co-created over years now on the teleconferences that really does the work for the whole group. And the group is usually between 150 and 200 people. So it's a sizable field of energy, people located all over the world. So it becomes a planetary field. And we work on planetary and personal issues Um, or we work a personal issue until it becomes planetary or vice versa. Um, And I think this is a part of what we are moving into. And this is a part of the work I'm here to do is to anchor planetary fields of transformation now, because we used to do this in temples. There would be groups of us um, trained in spiritual traditions and, religious practices and we will work together in temples to hold frequencies for the planet. Now, we're not so much located in temples, we are the temple and we create planetary fields because we have technology that, (coughs) excuse me, enables us to do that. So it's, it's another dimension of what is possible now.
0: Very interesting. So aside from, you know, your teleconferences and your personal work you do with individuals, you also work on the planet.
1: Earth, yeah, realigning
0: to... in some sense, if that's the correct terminology, the energy.
1: Often I'm asked to go to places and just be, be present in 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 places, or um, that doesn't happen so much now that I'm moved out. But when I was moved out of London, I, I say when I was moved, I was became clear. I had lived in London for thirty five years. And I didn't ever think I would be leaving London. And then it became clear that I I was. I was no longer happy in London. Um, And I had always loved the energy of London because it's a very, very powerful field of energy. Um, And I knew that I worked in those grids, the London grids. Um, And often I would be asked to go to various places and I would sit, meditate and things would happen. It became clear I was leaving London and then the guidance was go to St. Leonard's on sea. I'd never heard of that town. I thought it was in Scotland and I thought, well, that's a bit far. Actually, I didn't want to go all that way up North. And when I looked change. on the map, it was, yeah, but I looked on the map and it was just 60 miles South of London, right on the, uh, the South coast of England. And I came here and immediately bumped into some friends that I hadn't seen for 15 years that I used to, um, to know well, and Charlie said, Oh, come and rent a room in my place for the summer and see how you like it. So I was guided to be here and um, then guided to buy this property that I'm in. And this, I'm aware that <laughs> I had a, a really lovely experience of my field moving here before I did. Um, so there was a, a, I was standing in a shop here with a, a takeaway pizza in my hand waiting at the checkout, and I felt this vast field of me just connect into the field of this town and it was like oh so we really are moving here then because my field had already made the connection and then it was a case of so what are you waiting for you don't get on with it um but at a human level i've always been a bit a bit slow to uh, on the uptake sort of oh thing oh my so-
0: god so am i <laughs> but i i completely understand how you resonate with the land because i've had similar experiences mm-hmm. like that when it was just like you know, this feels like home or this feels right. Or I'm actually even there, I'm ready. Like I've left where I haven't physically left, but I'm already there. So That's
1: it. And it happened for me here. And then this place opened up and it was as if there was a space in this community that was waiting for me to fill it, you know. And it was like, oh, I really am meant to be here. And I genuinely think that there is a place for each of us on the planet that we are, where we are meant to be. You know, and that becomes more and more specific as our field becomes more and more clear. If that makes sense.
0: Yes, but I would also have to say um, it changes as you know, as we change and evolve and grow. Our, the frequency totally. might totally. relate to a certain uh, geographical location, but it may change as our frequency or vibration or state of mind changes.
1: Totally. I mean, I'm, I'm aware that I'm here for the moment, but I don't know how long that will be. You know, and it's again being surrendered to that because I know that if there's a next place that I'm meant to be, that will feel just as much like home as this place yeah. does because it's where the energies are right for me. In that sense, so um, life is beautifully synchronized and, and orchestrated, all at the level of frequency.
0: I love that, and I'd like to talk in a moment about you know what's happening on the planet, but just a little bit more about your incredible energy work. So. You talk about, you know, I had a, I mean, an incredible session with you and you moved energy. We live in such a visual world, so I have to ask you the, the question, do you see the energy or is it in your mind's eye or do you feel it's it? It's a
1: bit of both. I mean, like I said before, there's a place in the centre of my head where all of those senses have, <clears throat> have amalgamated. And so there's a knowing of what I'm in contact with in somebody's field, if that makes sense and i don't do anything i i literally watch and the energy flows the energy that works through me is extraordinarily intelligent it knows what it needs to do and it's in alignment with your highest evolutionary possibilities your highest evolutionary trajectory as it were um and so it unravels patterns and constructs that perhaps are limiting or i never see disease patterning or hardly ever do i see disease patterning in somebody's body but i will see the underlying patterns that perhaps are um, facilitating the experience of disease in on, mm-hmm. and disharmony in somebody's physical body or mental body um, so it works at these deeper levels of conditioning and construct, and often the clearing is going back thousands and thousands of years um, into deep into somebody 's backstory um deep into somebody sometimes somebody's off planetary story, certainly their ancestral field as well so the and in that sense, the clearing work that happens in an individual field also becomes planetary because it becomes part of the much wider matrix of energy clearing that is happening on the planet, you know? Um, and so it's always a a lovely thing for me to participate in because I'm always surprised. I'm always delighted and amazed by what happens because it isn't, it really isn't my doing. I'm just a holding point for the energy to get to work. And what I've come to realize is that it is a field of grace that operates, um, so I'm often astounded by what unfolds, because it always seems totally, um, it always takes me by surprise, and it always seems really, really beautiful.
0: Lovely. And I think I, re- I, I remember asking you, how do you do this? And you said, I don't know. <laughs> how I do it,
1: it's because I have done years and years and years of clearing work, which allows enough space here for fields of infinite potential to move through and we all have that possibility but it's been 30 years since i first started um, excuse me <coughs> th- over 30 years now since i first started um this work of clarification and purification and alignment so it's about coming into alignment as well with with what wants to happen um so it's not like you can go and learn a system of energy mm. work. It's always, I mean, and systems can be great, you know, don't don't get me wrong. They can really be very, very useful tools. And I've studied a few different systems, but they always get integrated and amalgamated into the bigger field of knowing that is your soul in essence. And um, there came a time probably 20 years ago now where a Native American shaman would come in right into my field. And when he was there, I mean, I would literally feel animal skins around my shoulders and I could smell wood smoke, you know, from a burning campfire, this sort of thing. And and he would conduct healing ceremonies. And this sort of freaked me out because it was nothing, nothing like I had been trained into, as it were. And he would say, okay, everything you have learned up until now, Put it to one side because it has nothing to do with how you will be working in the future and of course that was a bit of a shock and then he just said to me look i'm you in another lifetime and as soon as he said that i understood the deep truth of that and i let go and um he was working with sound or the that energy was working with sound and i was mortified at that i i hated i was very embarrassed at making sounds and um that sounded like a native american shaman when i'm very much a British uh, British national so it just sounded really or it felt really fraudulent to me but when I thought about it but when I was doing it it felt like the most natural thing in the world so again resistance gets worked through and when we work through a piece of resistance what it literally means is that our field gets bigger or we occupy more of our field um, rather than holding ourselves into into spaces of limitation.
0: I love that. So, and, and, you know, as you keep saying, we'll all have access to this. So a, a smaller version might be um, feeling comfortable with someone or, you know, not, not feeling sure about someone with their energy. So it's how we sense and feel, I guess. That's just a smaller version of what you're experiencing. Yeah, we all
1: have that, don't we? we I mean, we are energetic beings and our energy field is capable of the most extraordinary, well, our energy field is supremely sensitive, but we have lived within fields of limitation and we have numbed ourselves to the sensitivity that is possible. So then the opening process, which can be that you sit in a development circle for years, which is what I did, or you sit in meditation circles, you know, for a long time, all of this slowly unfolds the field, usually at a rate that keeps us um, at the edge of our comfort zone. Um, and it's like, you know, the energy field. Also, we have to recognize that life on this planet has been brutal, really harsh and very brutal. So this has caused us to collapse the, the very fine sensitivity that is natural for us because sensitivity is not an asset if you're a warrior going to war. Um, or you're a gladiator going into the the gladiatorial ring. Or, you know, in lifetimes past, sensitivity was not an asset because life was so brutal. And that's true for many of us in this lifetime too. We might have had very, very harsh and insensitive starts in life, which doesn't support the flowering of what is natural for us all. So it's up to us then when when we become adults to create the safe space in which... We flower.
0: Um, awesome.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I've, I've got to ask the question in your opinion, then. Why are we here? What is the purpose?
1: When I was had that experience with cancer and uh, I was in debate as to whether I would live or die, and I was told that the only purpose for living is joy, and if you can't live with joy, you might as well come home. And it was all very blunt the guidance at that point you know it was just like sort of this Straight is how it to the is. point Yeah, very much no softening
0: and the the answers there
1: <laughs> no, not at all and I had never considered that joy could be a purpose for life mm-hmm. and my belief was that if somebody had wrung me out like a, a wet dishcloth what would have been squeezed out of my cell tissue was misery and that probably would have been true then now over 20 or 20 years later, I'm learning to live with joy. I'm learning that that is a very natural state. Um, so I think joy and creativity are sort of one and the same thing, in a sense.
0: And passion, potentially.
1: We, yeah, totally. Um, and when all of those things combine, you have a very light, buoyant experience of life, Um and I think we're here then that makes us you know frequency transmitters of extraordinary power and range and I think that's what we're here to do Um, and this planet is a specific set of frequencies in itself and I do think there are um, very controlling elements at work on this planet and a lot of us have come here to break those control systems and we do that here i don't believe it's particularly useful to spend hours and hours and hours exploring conspiracy theories once you know once you've got the that roadmap of how the controlling forces work on this planet then that's enough that you know that you don't have to spend days and days and hours and hours every day looking at and researching that because that keeps you vibrating at that level it keeps you locked into the fear and the, the polarized state which is them versus us good versus bad right versus wrong that um will tear you in shreds now literally because we are in a point where there is an extraordinary dimensional divide happening and you can see that the people that are well it's it, it's it and again, this is based on a frequency um basis it's not <clears throat> It's not a judgment thing it's simply about where your frequency is resonating at and what because of the way this virus is being uh dealt with by our governments and stuff there's a huge amount of fear being propagated um around something that doesn't really impact a huge portion of the population. I mean, it is impacting everybody on the planet. But in terms of its, you know, most people will get the virus and not have a particularly um, severe reaction. Of course, some people do go on to have very, very severe reactions and die. And the world's been shut
0: down.
1: And the world is being shut down. But there is purpose in this shutdown too. I believe I think everything that now our controlling forces are doing is being used by the light team as it were to, um, to play out that agenda. So the fact that we are having a breather from our regular activities is an amazing gift. I think we can see, you know, pollution levels all over the planet. Um, Mm dropping dramatically and how quickly the planetary intelligence rebounds and starts to emerge again as soon as we give it a chance and that chance would never have happened nobody would ever have said okay let's ground all the planes it's remarkable down. you know so it's happened and it's beautiful um and the fact now that we are being bathed in some of the most extraordinary frequencies, cosmic frequencies and frequencies emerging from the core of the earth. And of course the earth is a cosmic body in her own right. Um, We are here to work with those frequencies. And so again, for many people having a big chunk of time off their regular activities, their regular day to day uh, grind provides that opportunity. It's the unraveling of a, a constructed system and many people won't be able to go back to the system how it was. I don't think there's a normal we're going
0: back mm. to, to be honest. I mean, you I think too. you've mentioned the dissolving of the old world before, but, you know, people are working from home as well and that's okay. It's working well. I mean, I spoke with someone the other people, day. They're yeah. saying three or four hours a day travel time. Yeah. Which is yeah. crazy when they can do the exact same tasks at yeah. home.
1: And so I think a lot of people will... Will give up the jobs that they had and become much more creative in their output and um the whole relationship with money will change I think, and a lot of people now will be growing their own food, starting to to realize the the significance and importance of just growing you know even a small bed of your own food if you if you can these sorts of things are seem insignificant when taken individually, but when millions of people around the planet start to do it, it has a big impact. Um, And that doesn't mean that there isn't death and devastation for some, but now we are really in a time when we are living and dying by the choices we have made. Um, And there is still time to choose differently. There really is. Um, So, it's 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 an interesting time it really is very interesting
0: uh, also you know i think it's for many people a time of reflection as well i mean all the shops are closed and you know the consumer society in which we live yes you can shop online but it's really changed the way people operate and work and think and look at really what is essential in their life yeah yeah
1: and it's funny i was with with some friends on the beach uh yesterday and we were all laughing about how little money we're spending and i i said look i've i've had this 20 pound note in my wallet for for the past two weeks and it, it you know it hasn't it hasn't been spent and um that too is lovely isn't it it's like wow most of the stuff we spend our money on is totally irrelevant to be honest it's just that advertising buy 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 spend 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 that keeps the economic wheels turning and now maybe the wheels are coming off that particular bus and it's going to ground to a halt because we recognize that that model of perpetual economic growth is not sustainable for the planet Mm. and something else has to emerge. Um, This is a, a real sort of hold your breath moment for the whole planet where perhaps something else, you know, other decisions can be made.
0: It's a very interesting time, very very interesting. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you you talked about the you know the changing of the energetic frequencies of the earth. How how would you describe the changes in the frequencies?
1: From my perspective now that I mean and it might not be particularly everybody can experience this for themselves mm-hmm. simply by Breathing their way into the core of the earth, and there is no separation between us, our physical bodies and the core of the earth because the our body is made of the earth and will return to the earth when we're when we're done with it. Now we have lived separation from the earth on this planet really extensively and have been trained to not trust what's down there, that going down there, that's the hell zones, hell mm. exists inside the earth. So we have been trained by religious systems to to mistrust and disconnect. And yet, of course, life on this planet involves a deep com- commitment and connection to this planet. We chose to come here for, for specific reasons. And we are, there's a contract that each one of us has With the planet an incarnational contract that she holds in a sense now from my perspective those incarnational contracts are being rewritten um, and it's useful for an individual to just spend time at the core of the earth being very present to what is possible and what is potential the earth has told me i have the answers for your future come to me so i think the intelligence of the planet, of this great being that we have this experience on, um, she or it knows exactly what we need for our most lovely future. So I think technologies, inventions, um, new ways of doing things, new ways of being can come directly from communion and contact with the earth and i think we'll see a lot of those things unfolding now energetic you know new ways of producing energy um clean ways of producing energy growing vegetables and and produce in bigger um numbers these have always been demonstrated by people that really worked closely in cooperation with the intelligence of the earth now we're moving into a time when I think that's going to really become much much more more key and much more important so from my perspective it's active intelligence that can guide our life on the planet that's available through the earth but it requires a deep connection deep conscious connection because we all have this deep connection a deep conscious connection and commitment um, to listening to the intelligence of the earth and again we've had this idea that we are superior to the earth and to all other beings yes. all other animals plants and we can use them in whatever way we want that isn't in any way sustainable um we have to recognize we're part of this extraordinary um mix extraordinary experiment of life rather than the dominant force here we're not at all the dominant force here and that's um it's always humbling for us to realize that, but it's beautiful too. Mm,
0: Beautiful answer. Would you mind just repeating for the audience that are listening, how they can potentially connect with the earth or you went, you mentioned going to the core of the earth. Yeah, Now the
1: simplest way. And there is on my YouTube channel, um, which is just David Manning. There's a a simple earth connection meditation actually, which is less. I'll
0: put put all your links in the show notes, by the way.
1: Okay, cool. but you can just literally recognize you start you get yourself quiet relax if you're going to do an earth connection meditation then it's useful to be outside perhaps or hold a crystal because (laughs) because these amazing things um also really help to us to connect they all have other frequencies too because they're uh universal beings who have come into this experiment too but they exist and grow within the earth so they help us to connect with the earth too um, and they're in pretty different ways and they're gorgeous they're <laughs> absolutely utterly gorgeous and so the crystalline fields is another thing now. the crystalline fields are also being activated in a different way now so in our deeper history uh back in atlantis we worked with these um in a much much more intensive much more connected way and I think we're just starting to come back into some of the awareness of the potential that lies in this relationship too. Um, So the crystalline fields from my perspective are starting to vibrate in a different way. Um, And that for me is is a layer of all of the crystalline. It's like a crystalline grid if you Mm -hmm. like. Um, But to get back to what you were asking to um it's Simple to just start to focus down through the body, allow the body to really settle on the earth, allow your field to sort of expand and pool out on the earth, and recognize that your field penetrates into the earth. And then you just breathe yourself down. And there's no, you don't have to do any of this business of growing roots. So all of that sort of stuff used to be useful. Now I think it gets in the way because we are, there is just this direct connection, connection. Um, and you just breathe your way down and then imagine yourself nestled at the core of the earth just resting there and allow or invite your breath to find the rhythm of the of the breath of the earth and you'll find that you synchronize and this you know a lot of people talk about the human resonance and know oh, it's biking it's doing this it's doing that and you know you're going to be exhausted you'll be wiped out you don't have to be buffeted by the Schumann resonance and how it's playing out on the surface of the planet. If your focus of attention is more deeply anchored into the core of the Earth, because then you get these very balanced, deeply sustained and resonant frequencies direct from the Earth, and you're not... It's like being anchored deep into the, um, the bed of the ocean, rather than tossed around on the surface in a storm it's that same sort of thing you know if your anchoring is deep you can weather the storms much much more uh much more fluid
0: great analogy and you also mentioned to be um conscious of it on a regular basis
1: yeah it's that really anchoring that um, it's a daily practice to be honest you know it really is and that just requires sitting still for a few minutes and reflecting and being present being grateful you know gazing at a flower and thinking oh my god what what extraordinary beauty is is present you know
0: it, and finding uh, that joy which long. is as you mentioned is one of the main purposes of life
1: i think yeah i think and it's simple it's as our lives can become more more simple, less cluttered with what is actually unimportant. As a lot of those things fall away, we get stripped down. Then joy becomes easier. You know it, that we don't. We've, we lead very distracted lives with computers, television, cinema. You know all of that sort of stuff. And as things get quieter, we recognize um, we need less. You know we need much less. And what is important is connection and communion and beauty and uh, and grace and uh, the things that are all free actually, <laughs> rather than having to be purchased. You know,
0: I love that. That that's so true. But you know, again, it's so simple, but beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, in the essence of time, is there something you'd like to particularly talk to the audience about?
1: At this point in time, which is an extraordinary point of shift, um, it's really important to not get tangled up in the vast fear-promoting machine that our media is, um, and to well, to connect with what is true. Um, and its I had an experience a couple of weeks ago right at the start of this where I, I was immersed in a bit of work. And I looked up and I saw literally the fabric of what was being spun by our media. And it was like, oh, my God, this is a totally constructed reality. And as I watched it, I was able to really disconnect from it. So it's important to pay very good attention to what Realities you are allowing to control your world and to make choices about that, to be very conscious about the choices we're making now. Don't watch um, so much news, so much television, the the newspapers. I'm not saying don't pay attention to it at all, but pay more attention to the deeper truths of life, because those are what sustain us. um, Otherwise, it's very easy to get caught in that fight or flight response that keeps the body spinning, and actually makes you much much more um, disease prone. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 it is simple at this at this time. The, the choices are quite stark in a sense, but it's really important to make choices that support and uplift you and your, your family and your loved
0: ones, And that bring you joy. I agree. Personally, I made a conscious effort about, oh, gosh, 10 months ago now not to watch any TV on news. And it has not changed my life at all. In fact, it's been much better.
1: Yeah, actually, but a huge improvement. Huh? Huge much improvement. More creative, probably much more creative too, huh?
0: I think so. I think so. So I would, since this is a show about passion and following your joy or following your bliss, I'd love to... Um, ask your advice for the audience. If someone wants to follow their passion or live a life filled with joy, what is your advice?
1: It really is follow your dreams in a sense, you know, that the the dreams you had as a child um, are an important part of that. And the little whispers that we all have, um, Going on inside us, I didn't value what I did, um, even though others seemed to value my connection, my multidimensionality, if you like, and the, the abilities that came with that. I didn't value it because it came so easily. Um, so I thought I should it should be more of a struggle, you know. Uh, so it took years for me to deep value it, without making it special because it isn't it's special it's a natural part of the human energy field to operate multi-dimensionality multi-dimensionally um so it's often about again simplicity rather than complexity um but do what excites you do what brings you simple joy um yeah. And follow, follow those dreams. It's, uh, I think one of the things that does literally change your life though is learning to listen to that voice inside the voice of guidance, learning to pay attention to that, learning to, um, peel back the layers of resistance because that then is your truth and it speaks to you in every second of every day and it will be different than anybody else's truth so what is true for you to eat what is good for you to eat will be different than your your sister your brother your mother because we are our needs are all different vibrationally all the time and changing all the time that voice when you learn to listen to it the guidance usually starts quite general and becomes more and more specific um, as you get deeper and as you learn to trust. And if that is, I mean, if I were to be in charge of the education system, I would have classes in listening to that voice, you know, for, for, <laughs> for five-year-olds because it is natural for us and that can guide you in every decision you ever make. Um, and it won't guide you wrong.
0: I love that answer. Thank you so much. I'm actually going to listen to that afterwards <laughs> just cool. to do a, cool. a final recap. David Manning, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It's okay. been a delight, passionate delight to have you on the show.
1: It's been lovely to speak with you and really lovely to connect with your audience. I love the images behind you. The, oh, uh, the thank animals you. there. Uh, that's a, a lovely, uh, I don't know what it is. is. it a painting or collage? It's gorgeous. Anyway, it's a painting. It's lovely to look at. Beautiful.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank um, you. Yeah, really lovely to connect with you. and Thank you for inviting me.
0: Pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye, David. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.